Welcome, 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 everybody. Chumps to Champs podcast. Danny, Matt, Scott, and producer Tone behind the scenes. The Champs are back. How are you fine looking boys doing? Doing pretty good, Danny. A lot better than you're going to be doing when you eat that jalapeno. Boom, sucker. Right out of the gate. Yeah, that happened. I'm sure you guys all saw that. Fun 4th of July weekend for the Champs, except for me. The Madden simulation, we finished it over the weekend. Matthew Frederick is our champion. Yeah, I got to tell you, it's been so long since I've had to watch any sports live and have like a vested interest in any of the teams. Watching Madden simulations was a lot of fun. Yeah, sure. This that's super sad, but it's true. We all were super hyped about that all day long, and when it got delayed for a couple hours, God, we were on. We were so bummed. <laughs> and like I, I had such poor luck. I, I'm declaring it such poor luck. I was so excited for those games. And after they were over and I was just beside myself on how a lot of them finish, if you go back and watch them, I was still happy that I got to feel that emotion again. It was just a hint, a hint of fantasy football emotion, even though I was on the negative side of it. It was just a beautiful feeling. Yeah, I couldn't have been more disappointed when I left for the weekend for 4th of July. We'd watch a few games. I was like, oh, one and one. Everybody is. That's cool. Great. And then I got back and I just got destroyed in the round robin. I was just mm-hmm. so upset. <laughs> yeah. Anthony is still compiling all the stats for that uh, in a helpful way so we can see what went right and what went wrong with the, the full round robin, the full simulation. So we'll have that review of the simulation tournament on our next episode. So if you want to hear about how much of a bum Patrick Mahomes is, you'll have to just wait a couple more days for that little tidbit. But. We've got a great show lined up today with the AFC West breakdown. Uh, remember, you can check out our articles, our rankings, and our shows on ChumpsToChampsPodcast.com. Great stuff there, and we're going to be updating that a lot more frequently now that the draft season is just around the corner. But what do you guys say we get in some news? Actually, there are a few things to talk about. The number one big news of the week, Patrick Mahomes, you done just got paid, buddy. My yeah. word. That is crazy. Half a billion dollars. Half a billion with a B. And the length of it is just insane for football. I mean, it's, it's football. <laughs> I turned 30 on Sunday. I will be 40 when that contract is up. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> $477 million in guarantees. The total is $503 million across 10 years. That includes a no-trade clause, a massive injury-like clause in case something bad happens, he gets hurt. Either way, that guy is set for forever and generations to come after them. Like, goodness gracious. So he's going to be a chief for a long, long time. That's awesome for the franchise, though, to lock up that guy at such a young age and such a long contract. Until he flops in their bag holding for like eight <laughs> years. Oh, <laughs> he's calling it. Sorry, it's just a little salty still after they beat the Titans in the AFC Championship. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, he had a hell of a season last year, an even better one the year before that. And what is he, like 19 years old? So the Chiefs cashed in when they could. So awesome stuff for him. Do you think he can afford a haircut at this point? 
No, oh my God. That guy. <laughs> you mean, can't you can't blame them though. I mean, good quarterbacks that are they're so hard to find right now that when you got one, you don't let him slip away. Well, if he's that good, then I wouldn't have gotten last in the Madden simulation. He just stood there like a more no, it's fine. I'm not upset about the Madden simulation anymore. I said is that it, before the show. Is it fine? <laughs> Do you, you think you if judge. Lamar Jackson tops his season last year in the offseason before twenty twenty one? we see a bigger contract get rolled out. If Lamar Jackson tops what he did last year, I won't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big if. So he's, I would say yes, but the caveat is I think he's got to win a playoff game. Do what he did, and then I think he's 0-2 oh, yeah. in the playoffs. I meant to say tops what he did last year and wins the Super Bowl like Patrick Mahomes did. Yeah. 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 That's yeah Pretty big contract coming then. I'd say $504 million. <laughs> but, but if he keeps running like that, you can't assume he's going to last 10 more years. So you, do, do you then? Yeah. Or do you make it more for less years, more money yeah. per year? And we, we haven't gotten to the AFC North yet, but I got a feeling he's not going to run as I mean, he was amazing, but I got a feeling he's not going to run as much. But maybe Patrick Mahomes might run more. I don't know. We're, we're going to get to the AFC West. We'll talk about Patrick Mahomes. Um, something else came up in the news. The Washington Redskins may be changing their name to what we don't know, but currently the franchise is reviewing the name Redskins and trying to decide if, I guess you can say, if they want to change it most likely. I mean, what do you think? You think if they're doing this review, don't you think that a change is probably coming sooner than later? I think there's a good chance of it. And there's honestly some, Good names on the board, at least. Roll what are your favorites? Nicely. What I are your like, favorites? I like both the Washington Warriors and the Washington Redskins. Or sorry, Redskins. <laughs> the Washington Red Tails. Because um, that one has a little bit of history and uh, keeps the red portion of the name in there. Washington Warriors just rolls off your tongue nicely. Um, and you could still incorporate some elements of the old logo. Um, but we'll see what they do. Yeah, I think... With today and everything, there you, you have to at this point. And like we were talking about earlier in a conversation, Matt was saying all the sponsors that pulled out and all the money they're going to be losing. I mean, it just makes sense both financially and, you know, societally. <laughs> yeah, and I don't get it. You'll, you'll make most, I'd say most fans happy by changing the name. And you're going to rebrand and sell a ton of new merch, right? Yes. So isn't yes. it somewhat financially smart for them to change the name anyway? Scott, you mentioned a nickname before the show that I really, really liked. Did you come up? What was it? Oh, I said the Washington Tomahawks to yes. keep the Native American like awesomeness Heritage. alive, but not be quite as controversial. <laughs> yeah. We'll go I that. thought that'd be awesome <laughs> name. The Tomahawks? That'd be great. Uh, what do you guys say we get to that AFC West breakdown? Yeah? Kansas City Chiefs is where we'll start. We talked a little bit about Patrick Mahomes already, so best place to start since they won the Super Bowl last year. They were 12 and 4, first in the AFC West, number 2 seed. Uh really the key additions for them is Clyde Edwards-Helaire, the running back that they drafted in the first round. Um but we'll start with Patrick Mahomes. He is right now average draft position. He's a QB2 off the board, sometimes one right near Lamar Jackson. So technically number 2 of quarterbacks, but Late second round, early third round is where you're seeing him, as early as the beginning of the second. He was hurt for two games last year. Do you remember that when he got hurt? And, like, Kansas City has never been quieter 
than when they thought this is pre-contract when they thought that he I thought that he tore Uh-oh. his ACL. Yeah, and he came back super fast from that. Yeah, he was totally fine. Missed two games. He still threw for over four thousand yards, twenty-six touchdowns. He ran a little bit, but not too much. But um, he's twenty-four years old. What can you say? Do you guys have him number one or number two in your quarterback rankings at this moment? Because I know it kind of flip-flops in your minds with him and Lamar Jackson. But where do you have Patrick Mahomes? I've got him at number one right now. But like you said, they're so close. And to be honest, I never go quarterback early, so I'm not getting him or Lamar anyways. So it really doesn't matter to me. (laughs) I never go quarterback in the second or third round. So I don't think that's going to even be applicable to my draft strategy <laughs> where does he have to fall for you to take him though scott um where are you starting to be like okay i know i'm not taking a i know i'm a late i know that you guys both are late quarterback takers generally but at what if, point are you like okay wait now now whoa whoa so depending on, on where i'm drafting but if i could get him in the fourth when i've already got a couple running backs and a wide receiver or uh great running back and two great wide receivers. Then maybe if there's no next guy in the other two skill positions that I'm really excited about, then maybe I just, the drop-off's worth it at that point in another position. But I'm, like I said, I, I'm just not willing to go with him in the beginning of the third round if I'm, that's where I'm drafting. Matt, what do you think? At what point are you going, oh, sirens are going off for Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, Mahomes is definitely my QB number one right now until something changes. Uh, yeah, his passing yards and TDs regressed after 2018. I forgot how insane his 2018 was. 50 passing touchdowns, over 5,000 yards. And yeah, yeah, he played two less games. But even if we extrapolate that out, it regressed a little bit. But what else did he do? He won the Super Bowl. Um, he has the same coaching staff returning. He has the same major pieces returning. The offense is still going to be pretty damn impressive. Um, you got to like what you see here. Uh, he's easily my QB one, and I think I'm saving as Scott. It's going to be hard for me to convince myself seeing the running backs and receivers that are still on the board in the throughout the third to not take one of those guys. But if Mahomes somehow drops to the fourth, yeah, I might. Uh, I might be that early quarterback guy. So I'm, I'm with you guys on the liking my later quarterbacks. I think the value is there. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson this year, all like obviously stand out the brightest. And the third round, if he makes it past the second round and third round, depending where I am in the third round, I may pull the trigger depending on what my first two picks were. But this is the one thing that when I was doing my research that bugged me a little bit, a little bit. Towards the second half of the year, or really towards the end, not the second half of the year, towards the end of the year, Kansas City's defense started to look really good. Remember that? They, yep. they weren't that great at the beginning, and then Mahomes was just tossing everything around. As the defense got better, though, they were asking Patrick Mahomes to do less because he didn't need to because they could rely on that defense, and then his production started to dip a little bit. I mean, his touchdowns, his yardage, just the pass attempts in general started to come down. Are you worried at all that with an improved Kansas City defense comes less leaning on the shoulders of Patrick Mahomes, especially since they just gave him, I think, all of the money in the NFL? Is that bothering you guys at all about Patrick Mahomes, or are you just trusting the talent? Now that you put it that way, yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I did something good. All right, good research. 
We'll say a couple of those points are valid, but he doesn't seem like the guy who's just going to be like, I got paid, I'm done. And sure, 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 yeah. sure. And also, like, I don't know what his exact playoff stats were, but they had very competitive games in the playoffs. They were trailing by, what, at least 10 points in each game. On they the were down by 24 at home to Houston. Remember that? Yeah, that's it's crazy. And he had to ball out and make the plays and win those games. And that's what I didn't mention earlier is, Patrick, we can look at all these stats, compare things year to year, extrapolate shit out, but he does have that, that crazy just game-breaking talent that's going to be like, why did he just no-look pass, throw a ball behind his back for a touchdown when he didn't need to? Because he's Patrick Mahomes, and he's a stud. Like you said, Matt, he did regress a little bit. Like we said, that monster season, he was, just to throw some numbers out there, he was averaging over 26 fantasy points a game, which is insane. And last yeah. year was just under 21. But the real stat that I like with him is he only had four like monster games that were a bunch over 20 points last year, but he only had one game below 15 points. So even on the, he always shows up. He always does something, right. you know, right. for that position, he couldn't be more consistent. His worst week still wasn't terrible. You know, you can still win a week with a quarterback that gets 15 and a half points. Um, moving forward with the running backs in Kansas City, you got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the rookie out of LSU, and you got behind him, next to him at the beginning of the season, I don't know, Damian Williams. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going, I feel like the hype for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is, has been climbing and climbing, and soon it's going to reach just, whoa, guys, what are we doing category? Exactly. Because guess what we did last year? The same thing with Damian Williams. Yeah. And, yeah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire brings a lot of talent to KC. People are excited about him. But this situation is just its too scary for me. Andy Reid has typically used a committee approach. And what did he use last year, most of the year, when he won the Super Bowl? A committee approach as well. Just bringing in healthy, not healthy, multiple backs. Like, no matter what, he wasn't giving somebody – the bulk of the carries. And why is he going to change that now after he just won the Super Bowl? He's not going to give a rookie the full reins for the full season. Just be like, hey, I just won the Super Bowl doing this. But, you know, go do your thing. RB14 right now. That is crazy. Um, I just see a lot better situations around him. I have seen that Reed just loves him, though. I think me and Danny were having a talk, but didn't he say that he was better than Westbrook in all the years? Yeah, in someone, compared, someone compared him to Brian Westbrook. He's like, he's better than Westbrook. Which could be coach speak. Right. Which, uh, yeah, you got a booster. Yeah, they did the same little. thing about Damian Williams last year. It was all coach speak. I'm, but, I don't trust what they're saying. The, the one thing that I do think is a little telling, and, and I know it's not all up to the head coach when it comes to the draft. You know, obviously management has a big say in it. But in the 20-plus years that Andy Reid's been a head coach, this is the only time he's had a team take a running back in the first round. So you think he's got a lot. Barely the first right? round, Scott. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> they didn't have a pick higher. That's right. the place they could have taken him in the first round. So, I mean, that, that means they, they like him. They definitely like him. They so. like him. They like him a lot. He's got three-down ability. His height and weight is very, very similar to Scott's boy, Maurice Jones-Drew. So, yeah. when I make that comparison, all of a sudden, Scott, you're going to take him in the second the round. bowling ball. <laughs> yeah. You're just going to end that at his height and weight is very close to Scott. And Scott <laughs> would be a stud in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Five, seven, two, oh, three. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think right out of the gate it's going to be all Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but I think towards the middle portion of the season they're going to realize what he can do. Um, 
But Damian Williams is going much further, sixth, seventh round even. And I think there's value there um, because he's efficient. During the playoffs, in the three Chiefs playoffs games, he averaged 93 total yards and averaged two touchdowns a game. So he was amazing when it counted the most, the most recent Chiefs games. He should have been the MVP of that Super Bowl. I mean, he's still going to get touches early on. So are you interested in Damian Williams in the sixth and seventh round? Sounds like you are. If oh, you're... If he goes that late, absolutely, because I know I've already got two running backs, I would imagine, at that point. And if you're in a league like we are where you have a flex and you got three guys to where, like, like you said, I think he's definitely capable of still putting up numbers, even if they share, because he's going to be your goal line back, even if Hilaire gets in there. You know, he's bigger. Well, maybe, maybe. I think you I, – I would say he'd be a decent flex regardless. But especially the beginning of the year, if he's going to be getting more touches till Blair really kind of proves himself, that even if he is that guy for your flex for the first half of the season, all you got to do is make the playoffs in fantasy, baby, and you got a chance for it, right? Yeah, I think he – I mean, last year he did have the highest snap percentages, the highest touches out of all the, any of the running backs on KC by the end of the season. And if I could snag him up as my RB3, hopefully four, Back there in what, the eighth at round you were saying around there, yeah, yes, much uh, more. Six seventh is I think about six seventh. With the risk I see in KC with the committee approach, I like that a lot more than trying to get Edwards a layer earlier. Damian Williams, uh, not only uh, could Clyde Edwards Hilaire just like have fumbling issues, pass protection issues, like all these things we see from rookies that keep them benched, um, but also the benefit of taking the later guy in a. And a committee you're worried about two guys is uh, this year with the, uh, I guess, COVID-19 concerns. You don't know when a player might go out for a couple of weeks. So if you kind of just play the backside of that two-person approach, I think like maybe you'll get some like full bore weeks. But then again, with Andy Reid, I think even if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is out, you're going to see touches by Darwin Thompson. You're going to see other touches. I think they got DeAndre Washington too. He's going to mix in some other backs. That's just going to happen. Let's move on to wide receiver. Let's talk about a guy that I am really, really big on this year that I believe it was Matt, I think we were talking about this just the other day, and you weren't as big on Tyreek Hill as I was, and I'm interested in seeing what Scott has to say about this. But Tyreek Hill, average draft position as wide receiver three off the board, and this guy is really, really good. 2019, he missed four games. He, he left immediately in two more. So in reality, he played 10 games, but we'll say 12 for the purposes of being correct or whatever. Still had 860 yards, 58 catches, and seven touchdowns. So his 16-game pace last year was 77 catches for 1,146 yards and nine touchdowns. Good. The year before that, 2018, 87 catches, 1,400 yards, and 12 touchdowns. His targets, and I think a lot of people don't think about Tyreek Hill. They think he's a bomber, and he's not going to get a lot of the targets. He was on pace for 118 targets in 2019. He had 137 targets the year before that, and 105 even the year before in 2017. So he's going to get that 120 targets, I feel like. He's Patrick Mahomes 1A or 1B, depending on how you view Travis Kelsey. I think there's nothing to dislike about Tyreek Hill. I mean, 
the injury concerns, they're not a concern to me. He played, he got hurt a little bit last year, but before that, he was playing 15 and 16 games every year. So I am going to take him very, very high. I mean, I'm not taking him over Michael Thomas, but he may move into that two spot in my rankings. To that, I would say that in the weeks where they were both on the field, Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins had the same target share, the exact same target share. The quality share. of the targets matter, though. Both of which are less than Travis Kelsey's target share on the team. And True. we're, like I said earlier, we're looking at a team that has all the same pieces returning, same quarterback, same offensive coordinator, same head coach. It's not like Patrick Mahomes or the play calling are going to go more to Tyreek Hill now. But yes, Tyreek Hill has game-breaking ability, but he is the third wide receiver off the board, uh, sometimes second. And you can get Sammy Watkins at wide receiver 58, um, and that is just a bargain like for your wide receiver three or something like that. I'm uh, not interested in Sammy Watkins at all, he, though. He had the same target share. He could easily have over 100 targets this year as well. Sammy Watkins' target share was all week one. 29% of Sammy Watkins' yardage was in week one. 17% oh, of his receptions crazy. are week one. And all of his touchdowns Look at all of their one. stats going down the stretch. When they're both on the field, besides week 10, which was an anomaly for... Tyreek Hill had 19 targets. They mirror each other. Some weeks Watkins gets one more. Sometimes Hill gets one more. They're both looked at just as often in the offense. Scott, break this tie, please. I definitely like Tyreek. Um, he, yeah! he, I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just saying he's not a bargain in his position when you can draft the wide receiver 58 on the same team who gets the same target share. I, I oh. definitely have Tyreek Tyre Hill in my top five wide receivers. I'm not going to say he's below that. It doesn't seem to matter who they're playing. He gets touchdowns. Like, I looked at the stat. He has 36 touchdowns in 59 games. That's a pretty good ratio. Mm-hmm. And he's also just always puts up RB1 numbers. So his, his floor is always very high, it seems like. So I like him, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a big fan of old Sammy Watkins. I've not only before. Go ahead, Danny. It looked like you want to make a noise. No, there. no, 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 no. Keep going. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> At wide he, receiver, fifty-eight going in the twelfth round. You wouldn't take I've, the guy I've getting had, the same amount of targets as Tyreek Hill on this offense. The twelfth round. I've had oh him on. You know how I am on big on what have they done for me? Because for I just, you in particular, I hold yes, grudges like for Scott. <laughs> and if they don't show up, and I had him when he was on Buffalo, and he was supposed to be. A stud, and he had like three great weeks, or I don't even remember what it was. But Sammy Watkins, he hasn't finished as a top 40 wide receiver since 2015. So it doesn't bode too well. Let's, let's move on from Hill and Watkins. I do want to touch on. No, no, we're not. No, we're, we're finishing this. We're finishing. <laughs> let's touch quickly on the other guy that's got a lot of hype is McCole Hartman. Are you guys. Are you guys interested in Miko Hardman as a breakout star? The guy's lightning fast. What do you I'll say? Nope. Um, if you look at his snaps and targets by game, once both Watkins and Hill were healthy and on the field, they went down dramatically. Um, I know he got a lot of hype whenever those guys were out, but I don't see that situation improving unless there's injuries or maybe COVID illnesses. Um, I think that's something to hawk on the waiver wire, but nah. And not until he really shows something would I be willing to do anything but pick him up off the waivers. See, I, and yeah, he's, he only played, you, Matt, you're right. He played 44% of the snaps last year. 
and he actually only had 41 targets all year. The last eight games, his targets went 0, 1, 4, 0, 1, 2, 0, 1. So I think pretty, pretty much of a pattern though. If you pick that right week, you could get four targets, man. Yeah. So like, I think if you're going to buy Michael Hardman, you're buying the talent. Um, Hardman versus Watkins. though, I would actually go with Hardman over Watkins because of the potential. I think we know what Watkins potential is. I guess we can talk about the tight end on the chiefs. This is actually the wide receiver one on the chiefs. If you ask me now, Travis Kelsey, let's start with this. His average draft position is tight end one. And he has finished tight end one in 2019, 2018, 2017, and 2016. The last four years, he's been tight end number one. Last year, 97 targets for over 1,200 yards and five touchdowns, which sounds low, on 136 targets, which was 24% of the market share in Kansas City, which is awesome. My only question for you guys, we all know he's amazing. And I think we all have him as the number one tight end. Maybe George Kittle. George Kittle's great too. I do like Kittle. Yeah. What my only question about Travis Kelsey, I think the only question that needs to be asked about Travis Kelsey is draft price. Is Travis Kelsey going to be on your team? Because it's going to cost you probably a second round draft pick. Is that something that you guys are interested in? Nope. <laughs> it's tough for me. I'd like, I just love to find bargains at tight end. And I think like I mentioned on a very early episode, sometimes you get burned on those bargains at tight end and then you're struggling to find a weekly starter. But it is, it is so hard for me to go away from a running back or a wide receiver in the first couple of rounds of the draft. I never picked Gronk when he used to be a round one, round two guy. And I don't think I'll take Kelsey now. With that being said, I totally agree. He's a stud. Said 24% of his team's targets, uh, which was the most on KC on the Super Bowl winning team's offense. He was on the field for 92% of snaps. I thought it was insane that he's hit over a thousand yards in the last four seasons there. And yeah. he's never had less than 800 in the NFL. That's crazy. Yeah. I, think, I think he'll exceed his TDs last year. I think he only ended up with about six. Five, um, yeah. Five. five and uh i think he's definitely gonna finish as a top two tight end so i think his price tag is justified it is hard for me to do that though uh to echo a lot of that like you said i think his touchdowns they they will definitely go up and i've just never been able to let myself take a tight end that early and like you just threw out there some of the other stats i was looking at which is incredible he's got tight or tight end one numbers in 28 of 32 games in the last two seasons. That's unbelievable. So he's Sounds like more than a third. It is more than a third, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) And he gets 41% of the red zone targets, which means his his touchdowns have to go up. Last year, I just think he was unlucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. I would love to have him, but like I was saying, I just... It would take a very big change of heart for me to go tight end that early in a draft. See, here it is for me. I, I get what you guys are saying about quarterbacks and tight ends. Um, and maybe this is a quick chat about the draft strategy. I, I, I get where you guys are coming from, and I tend to agree with you. Except for the elite of the elite. We talked about this a little bit with Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm sure we're going to do it again with Lamar Jackson and probably again with George Kittle. But Travis Kelsey is that high above the majority of that position other than Kittle. Like I would say that what Travis Kelsey and George Kittle are, I think leaps and bounds ahead of the next two, which are generally 
yes. Andrews and Ertz. So you can gain such an advantage by taking one of these guys. And Kelsey's an Iron Man, other than getting knocked out. I think he got knocked out of that Titan 2017 in that playoff game. He may have missed a game here or there in the between, but his produ- he runs so many routes. He's such an Iron Man. I think if you can get him in the second round, that changes things for your team because you don't have to think about tight end at all all the rest of the time. And then in this year when there's so many good wide receivers in that middle tier, I think I'll be looking I think I'll be looking at both Travis Kelsey and George Kittle this year. All right, let's move on from the Chiefs uh, to the Denver Broncos who finished 7 and 9 last year, which was tied for second in the AFC West. Their key additions, wide receiver Jerry Judy in the draft. Um, they picked up Melvin Gordon the running back Which and is a surprise. Yeah. And we'll get to that, but what? And <laughs> I put on here out <laughs> tight end, Alberto Quabenam just because <laughs> I went to Mizzou and I wanted we to love him. him. Yeah. <laughs> Key departures. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders left midway through last year. Uh, but I felt like I should toss that out there as a, by the way, when we start the draft process, he's not there anymore. Let's start with drew lock. Another Mizzou guy. Uh, ADP is quarterback 23. This is his second year. And last year he only made five starts, uh, but they were okay. What are you expecting from drew lock this year compared to his few starts last year? Well, Danny, one key addition that I think you failed to mention, or I missed it was a uh, Pat Shermer being added as the OC in did Denver. Not, I did not, I did not add that. Yeah. You are you are right, which uh which is very interesting. Um, uh, I think it's going to spread the offense out a lot more. They're going to shift to a lot more three wide receiver sets, and they were they were typically big two wide receiver set team uh, last year. I think Locke's going to excel in that. And you know what's really cool about them going to three wide receiver sets now is they already had Sutton, and they added Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler in the draft. The weapons are there. This scheme should be better for Locke. I think. And apparently Shermer's been very happy with Drew Locke so far. So, like, he has the green light to sling this year. They want to see him do well. They're building around him. The offense is going to fit him better. And I guess what you asked about and I didn't touch on is, yeah, he's, he's starting to look good at the end of last year. And I don't see why, with what they're doing for him, he can't look better this year. And with his ADP, um, I don't even know where it's at right dirt now. Cheap. But he, dirt cheap. You can get him he if was, you want him. Yeah, he was in my uh, dual quarterback article. Is like that high upside late quarterback that you can snag. Oh, I think definitely I'm targeting him in drafts. Yeah, I think he is going to be one of the – I mean, I'm hoping this. Like I said, we're kind of homers with him. He went to Mizzou. We did too. We like him a lot. But I think he could be one of the ultimate sleepers this year. And especially if you're going with Matt's two-quarterback approach and you can get him at the very end of a draft. And like you just said, the weapons around him are phenomenal. I, I just, I mean, even if he's one of those, you just plug in and play in certain weeks, if you like matchups. And like I said, you just, if he proves himself this year, that could be a steal. Yeah, and his 2019, his five starts, it was nothing to really, don't look at that when you're looking at Drew Locke. You're looking at the future because he played it really safe. He made a lot of short throws, averaged like 200 yards a game. That's not good. Seven touchdowns, not particularly good either. But the goal is with a Pat Shermer offense. There you go, Matt. I mentioned him. 
is Boom. taking the next step. And through the draft, John Elway has put a lot of key pieces around him. So running backs for the Denver Broncos, Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. I think we were all a little confused when he signed with the Broncos, him being Melvin Gordon. He signed a two-year deal worth $16 million when, remember that holdout from this time last year? He was won 12-plus mil a year. Well, that didn't work out. And apparently he took less money than was offered by a different team that remains unnamed so he could play against the Chargers because he's got some, like, personal vendetta of That's them. kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so last year, he was all right. I mean, he missed the first four games because he held out, of course. But in 12 games that he played, he averaged 3.8 yards per attempt. That's, that's not great. But even still, we know what Melvin Gordon can be. He can be a rock star if he turns it on. He's a good pass catcher. This was, at least, I'm not saying it's going to be, it was a run-first offense last year, which bodes well for Melvin Gordon. Are you taking him in any drafts if the price is right? This is a tough situation here because this is like a true 1A, 1B backfield, in my opinion. It's hard to talk about Melvin Gordon without talking about Lindsey a little bit at the same time. But I don't think Gordon's as impressive of a rusher as Lindsey has shown. I mean, it's been surprising since Lindsey came into the league, but... Gordon's average about a yard less per carry over his career, but he is a more dynamic pass catcher, and that and could goal be line big. I, mm-hmm. And he's a goal line back. And I think Shermer's running back approach, I think, is unclear looking through his history with his different teams that he's OC'd and head coach. He's had bell cows, and he's had you here, and he's utilized committees before. So I don't know what his goal is here. I think the coach speak right now is they're both going to be heavily utilized. But uh, I just don't know. I don't know with the situation right now. What'd you say his ADP was, Danny? Melvin Gordon's is RB eighteen, and Philip Lindsay's is RB forty three right now. And that's in half PPR leagues, I believe, though. So I think it in standards would probably be a little higher. But I mean, it is such a question mark. But if I mean, if Gord drops to me in like the third round when you're looking at flex positions, I don't see how he's not going to be flex player worthy. So but right no, in the Melvin Gordon, like group of running backs, there's guys like Fournette, Chris Carson, love bell, even like James Conner, David Johnson going after him. All these guys that I think have a much better shot at like just handling the workload on their team that are going. And I think this is all like tier four running backs and you're going to want Gordon who, I, I, Lindsay could easily take over the early down work just if his if he can keep up his yards per carry. Uh. Yeah, I think they're like 4.6 last year. And once Gordon got going last year, like he had great numbers again. That's the thing. It's like, how can he not be? I mean, he had a slow start because of the holdout, so he didn't get practice or anything in. You know, he held that, what was it, four or five weeks? Something like that. Four weeks. He was uh, four yeah. weeks. But after week eight, he only had one game under nine points in fantasy, which is pretty solid. If you're not getting touchdowns to get, if you don't get a touchdown and still get nine points in a game, that's pretty damn good, right? Uh, wide receivers: Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are the big ones. KJ Hadler, I think, I'm, I think he's a slot guy that could be a burner. But I think the main two that are going to get drafted this year are Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Uh, Cortland Sutton's average draft position is the 17th wide receiver overall, and there's a lot of hype and a lot of dislike that goes on with Cortland Sutton, so I'm interested in what you boys think about him. I have been a Sutton naysayer until today. 
I think th- today, I have, today, yes, until today, July 7th. Yeah. I think I have changed my mind looking more into like Shermer's offenses and uh, just everything that's going on with this team. And I'm pretty excited for their offense. Sutton is still the veteran and he's the biggest bodied receiver of this group. Um, I think that's going to be great. Shermer's offense utilizes three wide receiver sets uh, more than most. And they like, they like to establish the pass first to then play the run off of it. So Sutton's target share last year was close to 25%. And I don't see that reducing, even with the additions of Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, he's still going to be on the field in all of these three wide receiver sets. So I still like him. I think he's going to be the red zone threat. And uh, what's his ADP? Do you know, Danny? 17 wide receiver 17 he's like a fourth rounder kind of guy fifth rounder sometimes a fourth rounder i like he i i think he had for me personally a sneaky good season last year because denver wasn't great so i didn't really pay attention to him um but he was great the numbers he put up were incredible for was it his second season and the one his stat i saw which was amazing he had two drops and 124 targets since he's been oh, in the loser. league. So loser. he's pretty, he's pretty dependable, right? And um, he had 23 end zone targets in the two seasons, which apparently in that two season span puts him in sixth. So he's being looked at for now. Again, with Judy being there, that might not be the case. Jerry but Judy, Jerry Judy, he's is a big good. boy. He's good. I think that's I, good I like. For Sutton. I like Sutton, but I do like. I like. I like him this year. I like them both a lot. To be honest, I think it all comes for both of them. It comes down to is Drew Lock going to take the next step, and I'm just not sure. You know who's actually kind of interesting because I mentioned it earlier. Shermer uses a lot of three wide receiver sets, and uh, that means there's going to be three guys in the field. There's not really anyone else competing for it. KJ Hamler, and apparently. Uh, that speed that KJ Hamler brings to the table that Sutton and Judy don't necessarily have is what's going to help spread out defenses in this. And you're going to look, he's going to be looked at a lot more and you can, well, you don't even need to draft him. You can just pick him up after the draft, after you realize that your, your dart throws and your flyers weren't going to work out roster Hamler and put him in that spot that you just have open and don't know what to do with and see what he does the first few weeks. Cause I think he's going to be looked at more than you think in this offense. For sure. After Sammy Watkins poops the bed, you just go out there, you get KJ Hadler. And, then, <laughs> uh, and to finish off the Denver Broncos, let's talk about Noah Fance. Um, Noah Fance is, the average, is tight end 13 off the board. He had a pretty good 2019. Uh, tight end 16, 66 targets as a rookie. He played on 68% of snaps as a rookie, which is really, really good for a tight end. And he is a big target that Locke could look at if he improves if lock improves i think Noah fan's going to be a big part of that now matt i know you like to take your tight ends later on is fant one of those guys that you are eyeballing so i do think he might get a boost this year like i said earlier they used to do a lot of two tight end sets which might be why his snap counts were inflated as a rookie but now he's he's definitely the guy there and he's going to be the only tight end on the field he's going to be used in this scheme so I kind of like him now. Um, he has a lot of talent, um, and he has a lot of athleticism. He, he could be Locke's like, go-to guy, dump-off guy. But like Matt said, there's three wide receivers out there, so he's competing for catches. You know, 
I don't know. Last year he had two huge games, but the rest of them weren't great. So again, it's you never know. But all right, guys, I need another beer. And chumps, I know you guys listening need one too. So go get a beer. Let's take a break, and we'll finish off the AFC West when we get back. What do you say? Yep. That's good. Welcome back, boys and girls, to the Chumps, Chance, Fans, and Football Podcast, and we are breaking down the AFC West. We just got done with the Chiefs and the Broncos, and on deck is the Raiders and Chargers. So let's get into the, not Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders for the first time. Boo. Last year, when they were in Oakland last year, they finished 7-9, and nine, which was tied for second in the AFC West. Let's talk quarterback Derek Carr quickly i feel like his average draft position is quarterback 25 he's one of the more conservative passers in the league and i'm not really projecting his offense to be that spectacular either so even in two quarterback leagues uh yes no? oh, i mean if it's a 12 team two quarterback the super flex league yeah i mean you're probably gonna be looking at him late i think he's got a safe floor just not a lot of upside he has a very respectable O-line. They've added rugs. They're trying to improve his weapons. Uh, he had over 4,000 yards in 2019, which I thought was pretty surprising. Um, but what's weird about that is he only had one game over 300 yards. And I think that kind of shows how consistent and like steady his floor is. He needs to push the ball down the field more. Um, there's like average completed yards per attempt or something. Stat is like 4.6. It's kind of the bottom of the barrel of any starting quarterback in the NFL. And really, if he struggles early, he needs to watch out for Marcus Mariota behind him, former Heisman Trophy winner who showed flashes in Tennessee. So he's got somebody chomping at his heels. I think you just said they're, they're too conservative in that offense because some stats that I saw that were actually promising for him, he had the second highest completion percentage last year. It's 70%. Is that second highest? But he threw it. Is that because he threw it three yards? And, and he had the third most <laughs> drops from his receivers. So he's, he's been kind of unlucky with that. But again, he's never finished in the top 10 as quarterbacks. So unless you're in love with a specific matchup and you're streaming him for a week, no thanks. Running back for the Las Vegas Raiders is Josh Jacobs. This will be his second year, and he's going average draft position at RB9. Last year, his rookie season, he had a pretty good year. I mean, he rushed the ball 242 times as rookie. He was the guy for the Raiders. Over 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns in only 13 games played, so he missed three games. 4.8 yards per rush. He's not really a pass catcher, but I really like Josh Jacobs, especially in standard leagues. I actually, if you read my article on um, my bold predictions, I toss him out there as going to be the leading rusher in the league, which is a bold prediction. I get that it's probably not going to happen, but he has that potential. Scott, is that how you're viewing Josh Jacobs? Not, not quite. You so had much. a look like, yeah, uh, <laughs> like, but no, I, 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 I am not taking him as a, at the RB one for my team slot. I know you say go to hell. 
<laughs> he, yeah. he had, he has, oh, what was it? Four top 10 finishes last year. Like you said, he was injured three games, but it's the, he doesn't get many targets and in the PPR half PPR league. So in a standard, I'd think about it depending on where I'm drafting, but I would love him as an RB two. I don't, I'm not crazy about him as an RB one. I'll be honest, Matt, tell him he's wrong. So Josh Jacobs only saw 27 targets last year in the passing game. And there was some coach speak out there saying, we want to get him more involved this year. But then they go and re-sign Jalen Richard, and they draft that Lyndon Bowden Jr. Um, and both those Didn't moves. Didn't they say right? that from the like, midpoint last season, too, and he just never yeah. had more catches? How many targets did Derrick Henry get? Okay, they both went to okay, Alabama. Okay. Are we they both went to their, Alabama. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but uh, both those moves make it seem like he's not going to get more incorporated into the passing game, which sucks. But last year, Jacob still managed to average 20-plus touches a game, and none of our coaching staff is changing this year. And he finished with 100 what, 1,150 yards, He's he was still very productive. And if he doesn't get incorporated into the passing game more, I don't think that's the worst thing. Uh, it makes him a pretty low-end RB1. I'd say high-end RB2 is what that lands him at. I'll tell you what, if I'm drafting like 10 and I get two running backs as a 1-2, then I'd be super pumped Sure, 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 sure. That's where I sit with him. Wide receivers. For the Las Vegas Raiders, I mean, there's Henry Ruggs that I think we all want to talk. We all want to talk a little bit about it's Henry Ruggs. You also he got Tyro, <laughs> Tyro Williams and Hunter Renfro. I wrote down as the next couple because they all have that average draft position in the 50 to 60 to 65 range. But out of those names, Ruggs, Williams, and Renfro, is there anyone you love or hate? This is a tough wide receiver core. I think. I think Ruggs is the one guy who's just really slated in to be one of those top two wide receivers in Las Vegas, which is good because they don't run many three wide receiver sets. They're typically running two wide receiver sets, or I shouldn't say typically, but they they run more of those than most teams. Uh, So Ruggs will be on the field. You'd assume Tyro Williams will have the other spot locked down as long as his plantar fasciitis issues don't resurface but it's tough there's other guys that definitely have some upside they got Aguilar, Renfro, Renfro and they also drafted Edwards there's a lot of pass catchers on this team right now and how it shakes out is just uncertain right now yeah I'll, I'm gonna make this quick because I don't I'm not in love with any of them I mean I, I could see the upside to them but Ruggs fast but i see more as a boomer bust great as a flex play perhaps in a standard league and i don't know williams he, he could be good or even great but i'm just not confident i play him on the right weeks so i'm not super amped about any of the wide receivers in well vegas now almost at oakland yeah so tyrell williams is a real deep threat kind of guy he averaged over 10 yards per target which is really high, and Derek Carr is not really the quarterback to match that up to him. And he had plantar fasciitis in both of his feet. It'd be one thing to have it in one foot. <laughs> but you had it in I both feet. I didn't know that. Feet. That's, that's it, awesome yeah. yet horrible yeah. at the same I time. I know. <laughs> you got Hunter Renfro is pretty much the slot receiver in Las Vegas, um, which could be good or bad. It could be good for Derek Carr. In his last two weeks, six catches for 102 yards and touchdown. Seven catches for 107 yards in touchdowns. So 
he shows what he can be. I mean, he is a slot receiver, and like Matt said, in certain sets, he's not even going to be out there, though. Most then, of those snaps came on, like, the last week of the year, and I think they were really toning down Tyrell Williams that week and a yeah. few other things. I think they're a little guess, biased uh, stats, but you did see flashes of Renfro throughout the year last year. Yeah, and Tyrell Williams didn't have any feet, so <laughs> you had to rest him. But, Matt, I got to ask you about Henry Ruggs and the comparisons to Tyreek Hill and how much you love them, though. I mean, Ruggs is going to be Tyreek Hill right i i will not draft rugs before tyreek hill <laughs> okay that's fair enough we, we, he said it <laughs> i wanted him to say it he didn't say it. waller over rugs oh, kelsey dear. over tyreek okay speaking of <laughs> speaking There's of darren segue, waller baby yeah you nailed it scott thanks bud average draft position of darren waller is tight end five um he had a big year last year. Boy, he had a big year, not only from a production standpoint. Um, he finished as a tight end three, 90 catches, 1,100 yards, and three touchdowns on 117 targets. But he also signed a big contract extension in the middle of the year for the Raiders. They must have liked what they saw, and they put a ring on it. Three years, $27 million total, so nine mil per year for Darren Waller. Is he going to live up to that? It's no Mahomes money, but is he going to live up to that contract? And isn't it fun to see a guy who was super hyped in the preseason and actually pay off for people? Darren Waller was just a cool player last year in fantasy, especially if you had him. And I got him on a couple teams. It was great. Um, Like I said, I always like to find value in my tight ends, and I did it last year. Uh, He was number two in reception yards. He had a team snap percentage, 90%. And both of those were only behind Travis Kelsey last year. So in those categories, he was number two. And those are big production categories right there. His yards after catch were the same as Kelsey, 12.7. Uh, he was definitely lacking in a touchdown, ca- touchdown count last year, which is unfortunate. But he has a huge frame. He's 6'6", 255 pounds. They need to look his way in the red zone. I can see the offense improving this year. So hopefully they do so. Uh, He is getting obviously drafted higher than he did last year, but I think he's worth his draft pick this year. Well, and the touchdown things are so volatile. Touchdowns are the most volatile fantasy football statistic. I mean, Julio Jones and but they're important. They're very important, but they're so hard to predict. And like I said, Julio Jones and Mike Evans are such prime examples of great, great players that can get derailed by by touchdowns. Scout, are you going to be drafting Darren Waller? As the fifth tight end. As the fifth, yes, absolutely. Like you said, man, I think he's going to get more touchdowns as Carr's most likely top target. But I know I mentioned earlier the consistency in an inconsistent position is what you're about or what I'm about with tight ends. He was fourth or better in snaps, targets, reception, receptions, and yardage. So especially if you have in a PPR league, He's going to get looks. He's going to get targets, even with the draft that Oakland had. I like him where he's at. You mean Vegas? Uh, where you're drafting him, but also Vegas. That'd <laughs> okay, be fun, Danny, too. <laughs> tell us what you hate about Darren Waller. I'm, I, I don't Okay. <laughs> I don't hate Darren Waller. I just think that last year may have been the peak of what Darren Waller could be. 
be. And I say that as because I'm not not because Darren Waller is a bad tight end, but I think a lot of things fit really well for him to be a target machine and to be such a good fantasy producer. I think that the at that time Oakland Raiders were absolutely molding their offense to be around Antonio Brown. And I think that rug got pulled right out from under them and they were looking to somebody to step up. And I think Darren Waller did that exactly enough to get him a big contract extension. Now they have a whole off season. They drafted really well. They drafted Henry Ruggs. who I'm big on now. I wasn't at the beginning and now I feel like that I am. I feel like this offense is going to get spread out more. It was all, it was the Darren Waller show last year. And that's why we're talking about him as average draft position of tight end five. I think he's going to be great. I just, I, I just, I don't know if I will be interested in, in drafting him around there because I feel like he is going to, I think he's going to regress a little bit, not to mention Jason Witten is now a Las Vegas Raider. Now, I know he's older than dirt, <laughs> but could he eat into Darren, or is it going to be two tight end sets? I mean, some what are dirt we do that plays, they can play some football, man. That is a scary addition, and I don't, I don't necessarily understand it. Um, I guess, yeah, two tight end sets is the big thing here. But wow, um, yeah, Darren Waller would be a lot more exciting without Jason Witten. I do want to clarify when I said I like him where he's at is RB five. I also wouldn't be drafting RB five quality to like the eleventh round. Oh, don't which walk it back. back pedal <laughs> don't don't walk it back. You love him, and you're gonna take him third round. We get I, it, okay? I think in the position he is completely accurate where he's at, but in the draft, I'm not. I'm not getting him there. To be fair, I mean he he ran a lot of shorter routes too because Derek Carr threw to shorter routes and conservative. And right he, there, I mean, you know? yeah, so it could be. I mean, he could absolutely do it. He could absolutely do it. I just think that that may go down. 2019 may go down as the best Darren Waller season we've ever seen. And it was great, but I don't know if it's something that I'm drafting. Hot take. Let's follow that for about 12 years and we'll see if you're right. Okay. Write it down. Someone someone write this down. Anthony, you're listening. All right. Let's move on to the Los Angeles. Let's let's not move on. Okay. Tell me. uh, Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, Hunter Henry. Or actually, let's do Darren Waller, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram. I feel like that's more okay, comparable. So say, him, so say him again. Darren Waller, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram. All in that second tier of tight ends. All getting drafted right next to each other. Who do you like the best? If I have to pick one of those, I'm going to go with Evan Ingram. Because I think I am too. I think that he is the best. First of all, I think he's the most talented tight end of that group. And I think that if he can, the, the only question with him is staying healthy. He's got the Jordan Reed effect. We talk about that. If I mean, remember Jordan, how great Jordan Reed would be until he got hurt again. I think Evan Ingram's there as number one. I think I'll take Waller still ahead of Hunter Henry, which we're about to get into my issues with Hunter Henry. But yeah. Scott, is that the same order as you? I identical. I'm not going to say anything new. I, yeah, I like Ingram than Waller, and we're going to get why I'm not crazy about Henry here in a minute. So the LA Chargers, 5-11 and 11 last year, fourth in the AFC West, and they had a lot of, I mean, their offense, I feel like, is going to look very, very different. They added Justin Herbert in the draft. They lost Phillip Rivers, um, and they also lost Melvin Gordon, which you could say are two of their best pieces from last year. 
So or the last five years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, I mean, if you don't count Antonio Gates, who's you know the greatest tight end in history. Anyway, that's not true. But let's talk about the quarterback situation. We can talk about it from a fantasy perspective because it'll tie into it. But this is just a very interesting quarterback situation for the future for the Chargers. You got Tyrod Taylor. And you got Justin Herbert. One is the future. One is the one that's most likely going to start at the beginning of the season. So let's start with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor, 31 years old now. He saw three seasons as the starter in Buffalo. Those were from 2015 to 2017 when he was 26, 27, and 28 years old. If you average those three seasons in Buffalo altogether, Tyrod Taylor averaged right around 3,000 yards passing right around 17 touchdowns and he rushed for on average 525 yards per season and five touchdowns that 525 yards per season of rushing last year would have been third among quarterbacks, which is really, really good. And especially in fantasy football, that's really kind of a game changer when you think about it. But if you take all those averages from those three years of starter in Buffalo, he would have finished as a quarterback 14, not, exactly what you're wanting from a guy who has the rushing potential is still to finish as quarterback 14 and now he's got Justin Herbert behind him what do you make of this quarterback situation in LA but to finish as quarterback 14 on those Buffalo teams shows a little bit that you're a talented quarterback but I don't know he hasn't done much since those years in Buffalo and now the LA Clippers, as we like to call them, are trusting him to all these early matchups from everything we're hearing right now. There's some people saying that he's more than just like a gap quarterback, but I don't think that's true. What he does bring is some added rushing abilities, and I think he's an attractive streamer. Um, And if you typically wait on quarterbacks until super late, like almost don't even want to draft a quarterback because you're a streaming guy, he has a very nice week one matchup against Cincy. So if you want to take him and start him week one, see what happens, and you know where you want to go with your streaming situation from there, take Tyrod Taylor into your draft and just play the game from there. Guys, is that what you're going to do? I, uh, you, you said he hasn't been a great passer. He's never had over 20 touchdowns or 3,100 yards, and they still don't have a great old line. However, if you are a matchup heavy guy, I was looking at his first eight weeks, assuming he doesn't get bumped out and he does something in the first few games and actually develops a little bit of a point value for you. There's, I'm not going to say this is going to translate into wins for the Chargers, but in terms of fantasy, he could be relevant. So he could have first half relevancy if he's not a if he's not a backup by then, yeah. But that's again that I'm not I'm not taking him. That is a very optimistic view, and I'm gonna stay far away from that. Let's move on to running back. Austin Eckler is the big guy in L.A. His is he though? Or receiver? <laughs> oh, you guys. So his ADP was really high a few weeks ago. Now it's at RB thirteen, which is like second round of material but Aust- there's a lot of hype around Austin Eckler because Melvin Gordon's not in town anymore and let me dish you guys out some stats on Austin Eckler last year only okay 
Last year, when Melvin Gordon was not there, four games, Austin Eckler averaged 14 rushes and six receptions a game, averaged 122 total yards, and had six total touchdowns across four games. That's really, really good production. It's incredible. So, yeah, and he shows that he can do it, okay? Last year, he did have 92 catches and almost 1,000 yards, which is insane. It kind of makes you wish that they would just pass to him one more time. I know, right? That, does that bother you as much yard, as does me? Just a seven-yard catch, <laughs> get him to 1,000. But he's the main guy now. So the volume's going to be there for Austin Eckler, but the big thing is the quarterback change, right? We just don't know what his usage is going to be. So where do you value Austin Eckler, and at what point are you going to take him? It's not only the quarterback change, which I think that alone is going to mean that he's going to see less passes um, throughout his season than he did with Rivers in 2019. But you mentioned when uh, Melvin Gordon wasn't there or healthy, but Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly are going to be there this year. Justin Jackson had an insane yards per carry last year at 6'9 when he was healthy and given the opportunity, which was a very small sample size. Don't get me wrong. But still, insane production when he was on the field. Then they also have Joshua Kelly, who just got drafted, and he looks to be very talented, and he can do things in pass protection and pass catching. And They seem to really love him, too. They seem to really like like Josh Kelly. I I think Eckler is going to be relegated to more of a third down role. Whoa. I think that's what's going to happen. And I'm sure people have said it in the past, but that's just how I feel about this year. With his ADP, you said second round. I think I was thinking early third. Either way, I'm staying away from Eckler. Like, who is going to get the goal line work in this backfield? For real, yeah, honestly. I, I mean, Eckler's like, done okay. But I feel like Justin Jackson will be the your goal line back. Or Josh Kelly, if depending on how much yeah, they really, I, really like him. I feel like they're wanting Josh Kelly to replace Jackson, but even still, neither one of those names are Eckler. I feel yeah. like Eckler was he, – he did so well because he had so much ability to do the pass catching, and I don't think – if he's the main guy, I, I don't think that's his role anymore. If they're going to be like, oh, we're going to shift you into the, you know – ground and pound guy as opposed to the receiver i don't think your numbers are gonna i mean personally i don't think his numbers are going to be as good as they were so i i honestly wherever i'm drafting i hope someone takes him early so that somebody better falls to me and then what scares me about the rest of this backfield is kelly and jackson since i just said eckler i think it's going to be a third down rule one of those guys is probably going to take over early downs unless it's a huge committee but who is it going to be? Obviously, Justin Jackson had a small sample size of a lot of flash last year. But I don't think they expect as much out of him as Joshua Kelly. Just getting drafted this year, wanting to get him incorporated in the offense with the talent that he brings. Who's going to be the one who shakes out as that early down back here? What's cool about Joshua Kelly, I think, being on your fantasy team-wise, is right now he is all the way at RB71. So you don't even need to draft him. You can maybe just keep an eye on him coming up to the season. Uh, Justin Jackson, you'll probably have to take late. But uh, it's just uncertainty all over the place here. If somebody else takes over as the number one, then Eckler's actually probably a great like flex pick because he was second in RBs with targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. So he's still valuable, 
regardless if he's not the number one, if you're in the right league. But it's it's very strategic when you take him. Well, moving on to wide receivers, you've got a couple of bigger names. You've got Keenan Allen. His average draft position is wide receiver 20. And you got Mike Williams, whose ADP right now is wide receiver 41. Both had over 1,000 yards, which is interesting for Mike Williams. When you look at him in his 2019 season, he finished as wide receiver 41, and he's going right now as wide receiver 41. He had over 1,000 yards last year, which is weird. He had two touchdowns last year, but in 2018, he had 10 touchdowns. So I don't know what's going on that guy. And then you got Keenan Allen, the target monster. What do you guys make of these wide receivers now that Phillip Rivers isn't there and Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert is throwing it to them? The biggest thing is you just said Phillip Rivers isn't there. And I think that is going to say a lot. I mean, Allen, I think, is very overvalued to me. Um, I was looking at ESPN. They have him as the number 11 wide receiver, and which I would absolutely agree with if Rivers was there. You said he was 20 on yours? Why, he's, right now, his average draft position is wide receiver 20, even though last year he finished wide receiver 6 in PPR, yeah. at least. I mean, he had 104 catches, almost 1,200 yards, on 149 targets. So he seems to be kind of the forgotten guy right now. He, he was very boomer bust, I feel like. And I, I have a very fun stat for you. I'm going to throw it out there right it. now. Give it. Are give you, it, are you, are you ready? I don't think so. So Keenan Allen in his career, 751 out of a total of 758 were from Phil Rivers. So he's had seven targets with a different quarterback. <laughs> That's it. Uh, see, yeah. Well, what I don't like about Keenan Allen is that he had the second highest uh, receptions last year that propped up his fantasy performance. And I don't think he's going to see the same kind of targets this year with Rivers gone uh, with either Tyrod or Herbert at the helm. I, I just don't see it being the same for him. Uh, but Mike Williams, like you said, last year he did have over a thousand yards. He has a size. I think he has a talent. He, finished with the league high 20.4 yards per reception last year. I think that was like right next to A.J. Brown. And we're all so hyped about A.J. Brown. The guy's talented. Mm -hmm. He's a big receiver. Like he's an easy target for one of these other quarterbacks. I think he has more appeal than Keenan Allen in this new dynamic here with uh, not as many passes being thrown. I like Mike Williams. He's talented, and I'm probably going to take him where he's going. He's going to like the eighth, ninth round. Yeah, I'm going to snag him up as my wide receiver four, maybe my third wide receiver. I don't know, but I'm going to take the, that gamble at that point in the draft. Let's move on to tight end Hunter Henry. Average draft position is tight end six. I mean, 2019, tight end nine. He missed four games. 2018, he missed all of them. So... What do you do with Hunter Henry? He's got that kind of Evan Ingram feel of very talented, always injured. What do you do? Same story here. Uh, Offensive passing attack is going to take a downgrade without Rivers this year. He's had injury issues that further limit his upside and his production. He's tight in six right now. Um, Yeah. That seems like a joke to me. I'm passing. I'm waiting for the higher upside guys. I think we did one of those little games earlier with, like, the tight end, 14, 15, 16. I think I'd rather take any of those guys with their upside because this Hunter Henry doesn't have the upside right now, in my opinion. 
Yeah, he, he's great when he's healthy. I mean, but is he, is he going to be healthy? Is he did he have seven games with eight and a half points or higher, which is actually pretty solid. But again, it's one of those boomer bust type guys of, are you going to play him on the right seven games? And if you don't, well, then you got a goose egg to a one and a half pointer for your tight end, which is not spell victory for your fantasy team. So there you have it. That's the AFC West for you. We broke it down real nice and good for you, but there's one thing to tie a bow on this thing. That's the standings predictions. You guys ready to tell me who's going to win this thing? Yes. (laughs) Uh, I guess so. Uh, All right. So this is probably going to be a shocker, but I've got the Kansas City Chiefs winning the AFC West this year with a record of 13-3. and What do you guys think about that? I only had 12 and four, but yes, they will win this division. I also have them winning at 12 and four. Okay, so I'm a little bit higher on it than you guys. Okay, that's the easy one. What do you guys got? Who is the second place team in the AFC West and with what record? Scott, go ahead. I've got Denver because I, like I, I have so much promise and I, I love everything that they've been doing there with their draft, with their talent. All the Mizzou players and all Mizzou players. I I hope they make a wild card. I got them going at nine and seven at the two slot. Oh, samesies, Scott. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my God. Samesies. Samesies. The chumps are all in agreement. (laughs) I actually was really hoping it shook out higher than nine and seven. Um, Yeah, me too. I just kind of went through the games, checked them off, and somehow it was nine and seven. So I'm excited for them. Hopefully they beat nine and seven, but I think they will definitely hit number two in this division. This year. Oh, we are so cute. We are so <laughs> cute. Oh my God. All right. Third team in this division. Who you got, Matt, you can start us off this time. Third place is I've got the Las Vegas Raiders at six and 10. Oh my God. I also, have this, <laughs> I looked at their schedule and I wanted to make them closer to Denver, but I'm like, I, on my notes, I just put tough. They had a tough schedule. Yes. They, they had did. a very hard their schedule. Fi- their final record is going to be oh, tough. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to give them a seventh win, but I looked at them like, I can't. So I, I, I have a six and 10. You guys, let me, Any? let me throw you for a little loop here. I've got the Las Vegas Raiders finishing at six and 10. Oh, my but God. I've got the Los Angeles Chargers finishing seven and nine Whoa. as the third team. Whoa. So I'm with All you right. on the Raiders. I am big. It's so weird. I we just did this entire LA Chargers breakdown, and I feel like I was like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> But no, I've got them almost 500. I don't know what's happening, but I feel like they're going to figure it out. Maybe with that defense, because they got a great, great secondary, and maybe, I don't know, maybe Tyra will figure it out. Seven and nine. True, when we're going through these breakdowns, we're really just hitting on the offensive side, but so much of this comes down to defense. I mean, I don't know what the Raiders are. I just, I, I'm, nothing about them is inspiring to me other than Josh Jacobs. Oh, Gruden. Uh, take it back. Gruden I love well. Gruden, but it doesn't translate, especially to fantasy, but I, I would like them to do better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we were pretty close on that one, but I think we all can agree the chefs are probably going to be the ones. Let's right. move on. Into- so me and Matt, we got the Chargers at the last of it. What's what's your record? Oh, my God. This is the second time in a row on Divisional Breakdowns. Is, uh, I guess go, well, this is my fourth <laughs> team, and you guys can go to hell. So, sorry, Matt, Scott, 
finish All right. us off. Okay, last time, I go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. Five and eleven. Yes. Oh <laughs> Does that God. mean we were just four for four on our exact, uh, picks? Exactly last week? I was four. Or last breakdown, I was four for four with Danny. Now I'm four for four with you. So <laughs> that's an original I'm, thought, Scott. That's an original means, thought. Okay? That means I'm right, and you guys are shifting, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> One way or the other. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. Let's move into Chump or Champ. Okay, guys. Again, as always, four different players from four different teams at four different positions. We're going to tell you quickly, they're a Chump or they're a Champ. So we're going to start with Drew Locke Scott. I have him as a Champ. Um, This goes all the way back to our very first podcast where I had him just doing great with all of the weapons around him. And now he's got a few games. He's... I mean, I guess the offseason isn't a normal offseason to get with the system, but I like him. Yeah, I got him as a champ. Late round target, great option. Yeah, all the weapons, like you look at, we talk so highly of the Broncos' weapons, so really the cream of that is going to be Drew Locke. If the, all these guys are going to hit, Drew Locke is going to be the key to doing that, so I also have him as a champ. Let's go to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the new running back in Kansas City. Matt, why don't you start us off this time with Clyde Edwards Lair, Chump or Champ? I got him as a chump. They've used committees there before. I think they're still going to use committees. He's a rookie. He could have pass pro or fumble issues. Uh, I think there's just as much chance that Damian Williams gets uh, like an even timeshare. I got him as a chump. I'm going to be honest. I've had him as a champ on my list until I just thought about it. I'm, I'm switching it right now as, whoa, as whoa, it's happening. You won't believe it. Whoa. As we're talking. <laughs> whoa. Where, he, where he's going in the draft, I, would, I am not taking him anywhere close to that. That is a lot of confidence in an unproven dude. And I, I like him in their scheme as the number one guy. But where he's going as in drafts, no, he's a chump. So I have him as a champ. I think that I will take it as Kansas City. I think it's going to be the best offense in the entire league. And then I think he's going to end up being the starting running back quicker than we think. But let me ask you guys this quickly before we move on. If Damian Williams all of a sudden retired from football today, would you take Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the second round? If he retired from the game, Matt, would you? I still think there's going to be a bit of a committee there. I don't know. It's a tough one. Maybe. Okay. That's I think I'd take him there. Yeah. I, think, I think maybe is the riser. So, Mike Williams, wide receiver from the LA Chargers. I'm going to start us off because I get to this time. I think he's going to be a chump just because I think there are too many unknowns for me to feel good about him. But this one was tough, and I, I'm more than willing to accept that I might be wrong. Scott. I agree. I just don't think there's enough in the quarterback area to let him live up to his potential. What do you think, Matt? Where are you at? I, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. He has a talent and size to be an asset in the NFL, uh, especially with the new quarterback situation, even when they're throwing less. He's been efficient with the yards per reception. He's got it done. He can be a red zone threat. I think they might look his way more this year. I like Mike Williams at his ADP. Champ. And we got Darren Waller, the tight end from the Las Vegas Raiders to finish us out. Chump or champ, Matthew. 
Darren Waller, I like if it wasn't for Witten. I'm struggling here. I don't know how they're going to use Witten. That old man. That old man. His stats looked great last year uh, to be considered where he's going at like tight end six. Um, I'm conflicted with the the Witten. Do you want us to come back to you? We can go back to you. I'm going to I'm going to go with a champ oh, just because I don't think Witten is going to be as involved as a lot of people think and Waller showed it last year. I'll stick with champ. Scott, what do you got? It, it, the things that Matt just said did make me nervous. I'm going to be honest until 30 seconds ago but no oh, yeah, no, but I still <laughs> in All a right. conservative offense I still think he's going to be if not target number 1, he'll be number 2. And I know I said earlier he's been great with tight ends in the number production, you know, last year in fantasy. So again, he, he's great, but I, I never draft tight ends that early, but if you're going to do it, he's not going to be a loss at that point. I don't think. Yeah. I think that's, I think he's going to be a chump for the reasons I said earlier. Um, I think we saw the best of Darren Waller, which was really, really good. But I, th- I just think the circumstances have changed. And there's a lot of ingredients in this offense now that weren't there uh, that are going to change things. And I just think that we're going to be a little bit disappointed there. But I could absolutely be wrong about that, too, because he's a great talent. But that was Chump or Champ. Let's finish this thing off with our ultimate stat prediction. What do you guys say about this? How many passing touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs? Who wants to start? We'll start with me. How's that, guys? I think I'm going to go with 35. I mean, 50 was two years ago. He would have had 30. He was on pace for 30 last year. I think he's going to improve on that. But I think that 35 is a healthy, healthy number. Matt, what do you think for passing touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes? So I I didn't think he was going to improve too much on last year. I think he really settled in found the right role in the offense. Not a lot of things have changed for the offense we mentioned earlier. They won the Super Bowl. They're not going to want to change a lot of things. So extrapolating that out, I was thinking 30, but I think there's going to be a bit of progression there, um, and I bumped mm-hmm. it to 32. So I'm going I'm to sit right at 32. 32 is good. 32 is like a, a two per game if you do a 16, and then you know a little bit higher, a little bit lower. Oh, Scott, I like that. Yeah. Scott, what do you got? I think he's going to be better than last year. He's obviously, I do not think he's going to be more than the 50 the year before because that, well, that was insane. But I also wanted to differ myself from you guys. Right. So I, I didn't want to be, so I went with 37. I think he's going to kind of split the difference. You know, I, I, I the capability is there. But like Matt said, it's they're going to have a little more run. Heavy offense, perhaps not heavy, but better talent. And better I don't know. Balance. We'll see. I, I could be, I'm willing to admit this is the one I'm not confident at all. They could, he could regress, and I, I'm not going to be surprised. That's it. That's the stat predictions. That's the AFC breakdown. That's everything for this show. Next week, we're going to be doing the NFC West, uh, and we're also going to be doing the Madden Sim breakdown. But NFC West is 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. So find out everything you need to know about those teams. Also, remember to check out our rankings, articles, 
And you can submit your questions or comments to us by going to www.chumpsandchampspodcast.com. Please do that. We will read it out loud no matter what. It, I shouldn't say that, depending on what it is. And remember, <laughs> always ask, and ask Scott anything. That's always <laughs> going to be a thing. We're going to plug that regardless of whatever he wants. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Like and share what you think is great about our podcast. Thank you so much for supporting us. We really, really do appreciate it. But we will see you guys next, not next week. I was going to say next week. No. Like three or four days. No, we're yep. transitioning. We're doing ha- two a week now. Havesies, baby. Oh, you got half of the champs this week. But no, we were well, just this? talking about earlier how much we look forward to these podcasts every day we're doing one. And now we get to do it twice a week. It's just, it's great. Yeah. And you know what? We're, g- we're going through these breakdowns, these divisional breakdowns, and we're loving this, but we're going to get into rankings soon. We're going to get into mock drafts, which are just the best, all kinds of formats, our loves, our hates, all that kind of stuff moving forward. And now we get to do it twice a week. So we're pumped here. And thank you guys so much for sticking with us because we're having a great time. And we're going to keep doing this. Thank you so much again. We will see you next week, champs. 